What is good, everyone? Welcome back to yet another podcast. You know, it's Pick'em Thursday. It's a great day to make some picks. You got NFL football on Saturday this weekend. You got some college basketball. And yes, there are some bowl games that start this week. But I will not be picking any of those bowl games. Because let me tell you, there was not any that really were intriguing or ones that you're like, I'm going to sit in front of that TV and just watch them. So I was like, I'm not going to pick them for you. So I'm going to pick some college basketball. There's two big games this weekend I thought I could pick. And then obviously I've got some NFL games. Like I said, there's a game on Saturday that I'll pick since there's none on Thursday night this week. And then obviously you have the other four, the noon, the three, the Sunday night, and the Monday night games. So let's dig right into it. And let's start with some college basketball. All right, first up. Number five Ohio State, who is ten and one, versus number six Kentucky, who is now eight and two, because they did lose last night to Utah. So, I do believe, and yes, I would not take my word for any of these games, because I have not been good with college basketball picks this year. So, don't believe whatever I say. But I do believe Ohio State will win this game. Listen, Kentucky is a very young team that has a lot of talent. But it's still trying to find their way with the chemistry and everything. Last night they lost to Utah. They've lost earlier in the year to a team they shouldn't have lost to at home when they were the number one seed, the number one team. So it was very, it's very underwhelming for what Kentucky has done. They need to find a way to win some games. But it doesn't start this weekend against Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State. Low-key has been looking really good. Yeah, they have that one loss, but they could have been the number one team if they didn't have that loss. I mean, but Kansas is the number one team right now, but we could get into that. But Ohio State had a slip-up. They did lose. I still I still like Ohio State. I think Ohio State's going to finish in the top ten this year. I don't know if they'll stay in the top five, but they'll, they'll stay in the top ten. they got a nice, well-balanced team. Uh, obviously, the Big Ten is always a good powerhouse basketball team, so we'll see how that goes. But moving on, let's move on to the number one team. Yes, number one team, Kansas, who is nine and one, versus number sixteen, Villanova, who is eight and two. Kansas, obviously, their only loss of the year uh, was in the beginning of the season, so that is a tough one. But they have also looked very good ever since that loss. So that's why they are the number one team. Villanova, uh, they, they've they got two losses. They haven't looked as good. They're not going to be that powerhouse Villanova team that we're accustomed to seeing in the last couple of years, especially the one they won the national championship on that buzzer beater against North Carolina. The, actually, the last time uh, Kansas and Villanova played, they were both the number one seed, and they met in the Final Four of the 2018 March Madness Tournament. NCAA Tournament, March Madness Tournament. You get the gist. Uh, but obviously, you know Villanova won that because they would go on to win the national championship. So, <laughs> obviously, that's crazy. But I, I, I'm, I'm... Everyone knows me. Uh, I'm actually got my I'm repping Mizzou. I got my Mizzou hoodie on right now. I'm a huge Mizzou fan, but when it comes to the podcast, no biasism in this. And I do like Kansas to win over Villanova. I think Kansas actually could probably win by at least double digits. At least double digits. They're not going to win by triple digits, JT. So they're going to win by double digits. The only reason I think maybe Villanova could keep it close is if they play a sturdy defense and make Kansas shoot the three. 
Kansas has always been that team that can't shoot threes very consistently. So they Kansas always gets the big dudes to come to them. So you always want to work inside with Kansas. So if you can force them out in the perimeter, you may have a chance against Kansas. I just don't think Villanova has that willpower. And moving back to that Ohio State versus Kentucky game, uh, with what Ohio State's going to do to Kentucky is they're going to penetrate the paint and then whip it out. Uh, Kentucky is, like I said, a young team. And when a person drive by the guard or whoever's at the top of the key, uh, they always come in from the corner or something to help help them from getting the layup. Well, then it leaves the guy open in the corner or on the wing. The dude dishes it out. And if you're a good three-point three point shooting team, they're going to make uh, Kentucky pay. And I think Ohio State's going to make Kentucky pay if they keep doing that. Uh, if I'm Kentucky, I may start doing a zone kind of a kind of scheme, do a a three two uh, set screen set zone, where you have two obviously you have two point guards and then you have the three bigs down below around the paint area. So if that does happen and it, you collapse, you don't have to collapse everyone and everyone can stay out in position. Or you have two come in and you still have three to play outside. Uh, but, you know, John Calipari is going to find his way around. John Calipari, obviously, is going to be a Hall of Fame coach one year whenever he retires. So he's going to figure his way around with the young group. So, yeah, I like Ohio State. I think Ohio State will win by seven or more. I have Kansas winning by ten or more. We'll put it like that. Because <laughs> you ain't going to get a perfect perfect score prediction on a basketball game unless you're really, really, really good at what you do. And right now, I mean, I'm good at what I do, but I'm not good, good at score predictions. I haven't got one perfect score yet in NFL or college football games this week. is about to change, though. I feel like I can get it this week. Let's move on to some NFL football games. And we're going to start with the Saturday game. There's three Saturday games, but I picked one, and I think the best one of the three is obviously going to be the Buffalo Bills 10-4 versus the New England Patriots, who are 11-3. Buffalo wins this game. Not only does it help them maybe get in the first a home playoff game because they could win the division still, but it also would help the Kansas City Chiefs. If the Patriots lose and the Chiefs went out, well, if the Patriots lose just went, lose one game and the Chiefs went out, the Chiefs will get the two instead of the three and will get a first round bye and home field up until the last the championship game because Baltimore will have the championship game. Unless the Baltimore Ravens, but that's a different story. Anyway, but yeah, if the Patriots lose one of their final two games, which they have the Bills Saturday and the Steelers at the end. And the Chiefs went out and the Chiefs have the Bears this week and the Chargers next week. If, like I said, Patriots lose or the Chiefs went out, Chiefs get the two seed. So, what do I think is going to happen in this Bills-Patriots game? I, I, I'm i going to say this. Everyone's like, well, the Patriots already beat the Bills and the Bills. And we were, they were playing at Buffalo, guys. So, I, I feel like the Patriots are going to win. They're at home. They're going to play well. Listen, no, no, you don't understand. The first time these players met, this these teams met, uh, Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen was knocked out of the game. And it they still could have won. Like, low-key, the Buffalo Bills still could have won this game with Josh Allen out. And I think Josh Allen's going to have a phenomenal game Saturday. And I think the Bills go into Gillette Stadium and pull off the win. I have the Bills winning this game 23-13. to if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I run the ball at them. And I do not throw at Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore is the best corner in the NFL. 
then he should be in candidate and could possibly win Defensive Player of the Year. This man has single-handedly kept and won most of these games for the New England Patriots. He's had a couple pick sixes. He had huge, he's had huge games with interceptions or causing turnovers. Stephon Gilmore, I don't think gets the respect he deserves, and I don't know why. This man has played a really good year. He's played a lot of good years. I wouldn't say great years, but he's had good, solid years as a corner, and it stepped up the last two years, and he's played well. He should—he is the best corner in the league at this moment, and I think he could win Defensive Player of the Year this year. Let's move on to the noon game. New Orleans Saints versus the 11-3. New Orleans Saints, who are 11-3. Versus the Tennessee Titans, who are 8-6. Saints obviously coming off that huge, big win over the Colts. Where Drew Brees broke the all-time passing touchdown. Had a phenomenal game. The Tennessee Titans coming off a bad, I wouldn't say bad loss, but a heartbreaking loss to the rivals, Houston Texans, when they were at home. And you know what? I don't know what it is, but like I said about the Saints last week, I think the Titans are going to come out fire. Fired up. They need to win if they want to keep pace to get in the playoffs. I think the Tennessee Titans win this game 30-27. to The score may be a little too high for my prediction, I should say. I think they could score a little less. Uh, Tennessee is going to run the ball at the Saints. Derrick Henry is going to get his money worth on Sunday. They're going to say, hike, handoff, hike, handoff, hike, play action. Ryan Tannehill is playing really well for a quarterback that was not starting at the beginning of this year. He's playing really well. I like what A.J. Brown has brought to the team for the Tennessee Titans. I I, I just feel like Tennessee's going to come out with a little more oomph and firepower, or I should say more motivation because they know they got to win to keep their playoff hopes alive, and it's at home for Tennessee. I don't know. I just... I feel Tennessee's going to win this game. I have Tennessee winning 30-27. to I think Drew Brees will have a good game. I mean, the Tennessee defense isn't great, but it's it's solid. They're not going to stop Michael Thomas. The thing you should do if you're Tennessee is watch out for Kamara. Don't let Kamara beat you in the passing game. His little block and go, you don't want that to happen because it seems like a lot of teams will always forget about the blocking go players, either the tight end, the fullback, even the running back. It's unbelievable how you guys forget that. Oh, he's blocking. All right, he's gonna, he's not gonna get the ball, and then he goes out for a little swing pass and catches it and get fifteen, up to ten yards usually, maybe even more. I mean, you gotta watch out for that. And Alvin Kamara is a beast when he gets the football in his hands. So that's my one worry, but I do like the Titans in this game. I don't know why, but I just have that feeling for Tennessee for some reason. All right, let's move on to the uh, the crap fest game. The only reason I'm picking this game is because it has playoff implication. If I didn't have to, I wouldn't, but I am. For for many reasons, I don't want to pick this game. For many reasons, I don't want to say these two teams' names, but I will. The 3 o'clock game. Dallas Cowboys, 7-7 seven and seven versus the Philadelphia Eagles, 7-7. Seven and seven. Congratulations. Whoever wins this game most likely gets into the playoffs. If the Cowboys win, they win the division. The Eagles win, they're one step closer to winning the division. The Eagles, I don't even know if they have a wide receiver. I mean, they have wide receivers, 
But I want to know if they have a right receiver on their roster right now that was on their starting roster when this season started besides their tight ends. I think they're going to have to run like a three tight end set and run the ball. I don't know what to expect from Dallas. I don't. What will Dallas bring me? I don't know. Will they feed Zeke? Who knows? Will they throw the ball to Amari Cooper? I don't know. Will Dak run? I don't know. What will Jason Garrett do? What will the offense do? Who knows with Dallas? Who knows what the Eagles will do? Well, you know what I think the Dallas Cowboys should do? And they probably will if they're smart. Throw the ball at the secondary. The secondary is trash for the Eagles. That's the only reason the Eagles are not good is because of their secondary. Everyone was talking about how the Chiefs defense was bad last year. This Eagles defense, this Eagles secondary for sure is worse than what the Chiefs secondary was last year. I mean, the Eagles, I don't even know, I don't know maybe one person on their secondary for the Eagles. And that's Ronald Darby. I don't even know if he's on the team anymore. Who knows? But I mean, like, that's crazy. Like the Eagles defense, secondary especially, is bad. You have Fletcher Cox, you have uh, Brandon Graham on the defensive line. But you have no secondary help. The Eagles' defense needs help. And then Carson Wentz has no one to throw to. You want to talk about oh, Aaron Rodgers. He's he's good because he makes he makes good throws. He wins games with no receivers. Hello, Carson Wentz is winning games with no receivers. I mean, yeah, he beat the Giants and the Redskins the last couple weeks, and they were close games. But, I mean, they're winning games with no right receiver help. His only really receiver that he knows that can catch the ball is Zach Ertz, and that man's not a receiver. He's a tight end. Like... I mean, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm doubling Zach Ertz and I'm making Carson Wentz throw it to someone you probably don't even know whose name is. Like, ugh. And for some reason, you know, I just have this hunch that the Cowboys are going to choke away some, somehow, some way. They're going to choke away a chance to get to the playoffs because Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett don't know how to not know how to establish a roster and then know how to coach the roster to its advantages and to the opponent's disadvantages so i like the eagles in this game 27 23 carson wentz has a game-winning drive for a touchdown and you know who he's gonna throw it to he's not gonna throw it to anybody i mean he is gonna throw it to someone but it's not gonna be zach Ertz. it's not gonna be a receiver i think he's gonna throw it to his running back i think the running back's gonna score a touchdown the running back's gonna have to come and play for the eagles to win this game they're gonna have to stop zeke elliott on defense and Actually, like, this game, the only reason you should watch this game is to see who's going to make the playoffs in the NFC East and who's going to be the first team eliminated in the playoffs on the NFC side. That's the only reason you should watch this game. Whoever wins this division is not winning a playoff game, no matter what, no matter where it is. It could be played in the Bahamas for all I care. They're not winning a playoff game. Helen Keller could be on the field for the other team. They're not winning a playoff game. No one in the NFC East is good. No one's winning a playoff game in the NFC Leaving at that, I'm sorry I had to bring up another game for the NFC teams. Yeah, NFC East teams. It's so bad, man. So bad. God. I can honestly make a whole podcast about how bad the NFC East is. And I bet you none of y'all would watch it, but it'd be funny as hell to listen to. I'll tell you that much. Because, I mean, listen, I'd be going on a rant. I could probably put that podcast up to an hour. Like, God, the NFC East is doo-doo. All right, let's move on to the Sunday night game. Kansas City's Chiefs 10-4 versus the Chicago Bears, who are 7-7. Oh, boy. This game's interesting. And you know what's really sad about this, guys? JT doesn't even get to watch the game. Yeah. Yep, I don't get to watch the Sunday night game. Going to Silver Dollar City with the family. Mom and Dad, if you're listening to this, Grandma, Grandpa, Grandma, sorry, Grandma, if you're listening to this, Cindy Dan, 
if you're listening to this, I want to thank you for ruining the Chiefs game for me. Because I don't get to watch it. Thank you, though. Thank you. Thank you. It's all good and dope. I'll record it. I'll watch it later. I already know the score. But I already know what the score is going to be because I got it written down right now and I'm going to be right. All right? Chiefs win 34-13. Chiefs defense is playing well. Mitchell Trubisky is not good. He's an average quarterback at best. They don't have a run game. Chicago doesn't. The only thing they may have an advantage at against the Chiefs is their special teams, and that's because of Tariq Cohen, and that Dustin Colquitt is not good at a punter anymore. Uh, Dustin Colquitt should not be the punter anymore, but that's beside the point. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a good game. Honestly, I think LaShawn McCoy, or I I, I, I want to see, I hope the Kansas City Chiefs listen to my podcast, and I know they don't, so don't you don't have to tell me, oh, you know the Kansas City Chiefs don't listen to your podcast, JT? I know they don't, but let me tell you, I, I think... Uh, the Derwin Thompson should get the ball this week. I want Darwin Thompson to get the ball and run. That man, Thompson is a small little, he's like a Tariq Cohen, man. He's fast. He's full of energy. Give him the ball. Yes, he's small. Yes, he probably could get stripped. But run the ball at him. Also, you got to chip Khalil Mack. If you don't know that yet, Kansas City, uh, chip Khalil Mack, please. Yeah, he, he, he could be a force to be reckoned with. But I do think the Chiefs will win this game 34-13. It's going to be a pretty handedly easy win for the Chiefs. I would say that's my lock of the week, but I really don't like to put the Chiefs as my lock of the week. So uh, we'll see what I do put my lock of the week. But it could be this next game, the Monday night game. The Green Bay Packers 11-3 versus the Vikings. Minnesota Vikings 10-4. The Packers, if they win this game, uh, will Will be a good win the division. They'll win the division, man. If they win this game, they win the division. So, do I think the Packers win this game? Yeah. Packers win 29-23. Let me ask you something. Did you really think I was going to pick Kirk Cousins in primetime on a national stage? Come on. Please. Kirk Cousins, of all people, do I pick? No. Listen. Kirk Cousins has a, had a really good year ever since he told his wide receivers, I'm sorry I don't throw the ball to you guys enough. I'm Chuck down Charlie. No, it's all good. It's all good. He's been pretty, playing well. But guess what? He ain't playing well this week. He's, he, he'll play well, but he's not going to play well well. He's not going to play well enough for the Vikings to win, so that's not good enough, right? Let's be real. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones is going to have a phenomenal day. The Green Bay defense will get after Kirk Cousins. Delvin Cook is questionable, which is really concerning if you're a, a, Green, a Minnesota fan. Xavier Rhodes is questionable. Not very good. Your best corner going up against Aaron Rodgers. That's not cool. So, I like the Packers 29-23. Oh, my luck of the week is right there. Green Bay over Minnesota. Sorry. Anytime I have Kirk Cousins on national stage on primetime uh, in a, mo- a, a most real key game, I'm not picking him. And that's a lot because Kirk Cousins doesn't play well. So, my luck of the week is Green Bay beating Minnesota Monday night. So, there you go. Also, let's talk some, let's talk some Pro Bowl, man. Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl came out, like, the selections came out. That's cool. You had Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. That's quarterbacks. Those are some good ones. You also had uh, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, and on the other side of the NFC, you had Drew Brees as well. So those three were Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, I just said it. Shit. Oh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's it. And then on the AFC side, you had Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. Everyone's going nuts because Tom Brady didn't make the Pro Bowl. Are you serious right now? You really think Tom Brady deserves a Pro Bowl spot? Are you serious right now? Cuz, are you good? Like, he does not deserve a Pro Bowl spot. That man has not been good. His defense deserves the whole Pro Bowl spot, but that's besides the point. Uh, 
the team with the most was the Baltimore Ravens, which would you expect? Uh, that was not really surprising. You have Lamar Jackson, obviously. Um, some key ones that I thought were really interesting, not going to lie, was Nick Chubb was one of them. I did not expect Nick Chubb to make the Pro Bowl. Uh, Jarvis Landry made it as well over Odell, which uh, was kind of kind of interesting in my opinion. Uh, who else was kind of interesting? What, who were some snubs? Who were some studs? Or, like, snubs that didn't get it? People are saying Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. That could be key. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of a player close in town off the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought could have made it. That would have been Tyron Matthew. One of, uh, he's been playing phenomenal. Like, so I don't understand how he didn't make it. I'm glad Chris Jones made it last year. He didn't make it. Obviously, uh, the running back situation is pretty good. Uh, Travis Kelsey made it. I'm surprised Waller didn't make it either. Uh, that was kind of interesting. I thought Waller, the tight end for the Oakland Raiders, w- would make it, which is okay. He didn't make it, but I mean, that's kind of kind of sad to say the least. He's had a really good year, and so it sucks. Tyreek Hill obviously made it. Uh, Miko Hardman made it as a specialist, uh, which is kind of crazy. Not gonna lie. He's he's not been like I wouldn't say good, but he's had a lot of issues returning the football. He's had a couple fumbles here and there. He's also had some really bad fair catch catches, <laughs> as you should say. So it's it's kind of kind of bad. Uh, let's see. You have Keenan Allen made it for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's he's had an okay year. DeAndre Hopkins obviously has made it. That's crazy. Those are some wide receivers to name off. Then you have uh, quarterbacks, I've already said. Baltimore's crazy. But still, are, the running backs are pretty interesting for me. Uh, Nick Chubb especially. Then I, I, I love Derrick Henry making it. And Mark Ingram, he can make it. Yeah, that's fine. But I, I don't know. I, there's some there's some others that could have made it at running back position in the, the AFC, to say the least. I think if Connor, James Conner doesn't get hurt, he can make it. So, obviously, injuries do come into factor. Just like with Patrick Mahomes being injured, it came into factor probably for the MVP race. TJ Watt made it on the outside linebacker. Von Miller, obviously. Those two are great. Matt Judon made it for Baltimore. So, I mean, like, obviously Baltimore's making some some moves. Frank Clark, the defensive end for the Chiefs made it. Nick, or not Nick, Joey Bosa made it. And Calais Campbell for defensive ends. Frank Clark actually is surprising me. As making the Pro Bowl. Because he, he really started off real slow. Hadn't got going. He didn't really have that big marquee game. Like where he finally made. Where it looks like he was finally making the money that he deserved. Like the paycheck that we gave him. Until the Chargers game. And so that was cra- that We were waiting for him to show up the whole time. So that was crazy. Then... Some corners didn't mention. You have Stephon Gilmore. And like I said, the best corner in the game. Uh, this is the AFC side, obviously. Tredavious White for Buffalo. And then the two corners for Baltimore made it. You had Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphreys. Marcus Peters has been a phenomenal pickup for the the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, kicker Justin Tucker. Long snapper. Baltimore's long snapper made it. Okay. I didn't even know we had selections for long snappers. Not going to lie. Right receivers for the NFC. You have Julio Jones and Michael Thomas. Uh, Okay. I just noticed this. That's crazy. All the right receivers made it were from the NFC South. So you have 
Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints, and Tampa Bay. Sorry, uh, Carolina, you don't got uh, you don't got a right receiver. You have a running back that made it, Christian McCaffrey, CMC baby. So there you go. But I mean, yeah. So it's it, the right receivers in the NFC South are crazy, and so with Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's obviously fell off the last couple of years, and then you have Jameis Winston, um, who's very inconsistent at times, so it kind of sucks, but if they could find some quarterbacks in the NFC South, that'd be really nice, because they've got some stud-ride receivers out there. Do I think Dak Prescott got snubbed from a play, uh, the Pro Bowl? No. Listen, the fans voted for who they thought was good. Russell Wilson, okay, probably the highest NFC, most valuable player right now for the NFC side going forward is Russell Wilson. You have Drew Brees, who's had a really phenomenal year. Just obviously broke the passing record for the touchdowns last week. And then Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a very good guy, very good quarterback. He makes players better around him. So, yes, he should be there. Dak Prescott, he started off great because he was playing bad teams. Listen, his stats are looking good because he plays bad teams. They hadn't beat a team over 500 until last week when they beat the Rams. I'm like, come on, dude. Dak Prescott should not be in the Pro Bowl. Will he make it? Yes. You know why? Because one of these quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, or Aaron Rodgers, are going to make the uh, Super Bowl. You know, you mean, and probably, if not, then one of them is going to sit down and say, I don't want to play, give it to Dak Prescott. Because the only other quarterback I could see maybe making the Super Bowl that's not even on this list, which I thought could be on this list, is Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo's had a really good year, right? Yeah, they run the ball a lot, but did you see him against the New Orleans Saints? He was throwing the ball like crazy. So, there's a couple players on each side that got snubbed for playoff spots. So I'm at Pro Bowl spots. So, I don't like how people complain about this. You guys had the chances to vote. If you upset that your man didn't make it, you should have voted more. So... That's the thing. So get over it. The Pro Bowl is going to be fun. Most of these players that make it, A, either don't play in it, they just go because they want to go, B, they make the Super Bowl, or C, they're injured. So half the people that are selected right now don't play because of three re those three reasons. So the people that you don't see on here are probably going to make it, most of them, some of them, at least, at least 25 to 30% of them are going to make the list once it's all said and done at the end of January going into February to play in this Pro Bowl. So don't get your worries about who's on the Pro Bowl right now. Because it's all going to change from here to the Pro Bowl game. Well, that's been the show. I talked some uh, college basketball, those two games. I talked my NFL picks. And then we got, in, we got some Pro Bowl talking. I thought it would be kind of cool to talk some Pro Bowl, give you some highlights of who made it, who got snubbed, who's complaining. You know, you get the gist. All right, boys. I will see you, and I'll hear from you on Tuesday. Peace.